I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Are you obsessed with only eating clean or pure foods? Maybe you just stick to gluten, dairy-free, or refined sugar-free. Is this an eating disorder or disordered eating? Let's talk about orthorexia. The What's Eating You podcast is a series of mental health topics that are designed to make you think, learn, educate, and validate. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another sunny episode from Bali on the What Is Eating You podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Giorgio, and I have come across some very interesting things that we're going to unpack in today's session. Now, today's episode is going to talk about orthorexia. Trigger warning, we will be talking about eating disorders, disordered eating, and the preoccupation with eating healthy. So we may discuss sensitive topics, so just look after yourself and remember to debrief if you need. This is not therapy or psychological advice, it is purely educational to help you make informed decisions. Now, why did orthorexia come up for me whilst I'm in Bali? Let me tell you. So if you're unaware, orthorexia, it's not a diagnosable eating disorder yet, but it is an emerging eating habit or form of eating that is the extreme and excessive preoccupation with healthy eating. So individuals with orthorexia or orthorexic tendencies are consumed by a desire to eat only what they perceive to be pure, healthy, and quote-unquote clean foods. Now, this obsession can manifest as intense focus on specific diets such as FODMAP, gluten-free, dairy-free, refined sugar-free, when there may or may not be intolerances. And a lot of dieting can bring on intolerances as well. It can be a focus on macronutrients. It can be a focus on eating at a specific time of the day, but mainly it is this idea that you want to eat what is pure and what is clean. What's interesting is 
it's not always about body image. People want to eat pure and clean because they just feel this way is more superior. It's going to lead to better outcomes in your health when in fact, it actually can lead to severe dietary restrictions and decline your well-being. Let's talk about where the term orthorexia came from. Basically, it was coined by Dr. Stephen Bratman, a physician in 1997, which actually wasn't that long ago. He combined the Greek words ortho, meaning correct. I feel I need to say that in a Greek accent, ortho, and orexis, meaning appetite, to describe this obsessive fixation on healthy eating. Now, what I can recall is Steve Bratman was looking after anorexic patients and what he found was whilst they severely were struggling with anorexia and they were on a recovery journey, they may have reinstalled their weight and recovered in that aspect of anorexia, but many of them switched to this perfect eating. So they were willing to eat, they were willing not to restrict, but the food had to be very clean and very healthy and not have any preservatives. And it actually was a joke. It started as a joke to describe his um, patients of the unnecessary degree to which their life focused on cutting foods from a certain permitted list. So at the time, Dr. Bratman was working in alternative medicine where healthy diets were being explored as alternatives to medication. This approach, surprisingly, had many negative consequences for patients. Now, what does orthorexia look like in today's society? And this is super hard because we went through a stage of veganism, plant-based, starch-based, gluten-free. So it's very normalized in today's society. Now, according to Dr. Bratman in his article, Healthy Eating versus Orthorexia on orthorexia.com, He said, adopting a theory of healthy eating is not orthorexia. It's when the choice to eat extremely clean becomes a compulsion and the individual is no longer free to make their own decisions when it comes to food. They're bound by their own rules and this focus comes at the cost of other areas of their life with functioning in social, occupational and other areas of life significantly impacted. Now, what we mean by that is these individuals will drive an extra five kilometers just to be able to eat that unprocessed meal, right? Instead of compromising and saying, you know what, it makes sense to eat where I am now, or they will spend that extra $30 for organic at the cost of, you know, their own money when they don't need to be able to do that. They feel compelled to do that. And when they don't do that, it causes extreme anxiety and distress. The reason the orthorexic individual is so driven to adhere to their selected diet is because their dietary compliance is often linked to their self-esteem. For this reason, any deviation is associated with negative feelings of guilt and shame, especially if they're on social media promoting this slim on, you know, zucchini noodles type of lifestyle of thriving off plants and being completely refined sugar-free. So if they've developed businesses out of this, which many of them have, they will often feel guilt and shame if they don't adhere to that or they worry that people may think they are a hoax or they're not serious about what they're doing. The irony is that the pursuit of healthy eating becomes extremely unhealthy and often a fixation. 
I remember back in the day when I first started my Instagram journey and food journey, we'd often meet up with other food influencers and catch up and go on all these exciting food adventures. And there was one particular one we went out with and she was very thin and she kept her jacket on. She didn't take it off. I could tell she was cold and it was on a cold evening. And she had made a lot of money and was very successful promoting a particular way of eating, which to me looked very orthorexic, very extreme. And there has been videos made by nutritionists and dietitians commenting on what she is promoting. And I actually feel sorry for her in a way because she's built this empire and thinks she's helping all these people. And maybe she is, maybe she is helping people create sustainable habits, but it's almost like a cult-like following where it's this honeymoon. You think, oh my God, I figured it out. This is the thing I was missing. It's, you know, not having vegetables after nine or not having starch or whatever it is. But every diet you go on, every food plan, every plant-based, it'll have a honeymoon period and it will feel good for two weeks. And what emphasizes that even more is when it's backed up by a community. So when you're in this new eating plan or this new eating regime or structure, you have a supportive group of people who are like, oh my gosh, like I ate bananas for breakfast and this is amazing. And I never knew I could feel so good. So again, your behavior is being encouraged. It's being validated. You're being rewarded and you're feeling good. Now at this particular dinner, it was this girl's birthday and the restaurant were amazing and it was all complimentary because, you know, influences and all. And they wanted to make her something, but she refused. She's like, look, I, I can't have oil. I can't have anything that's cooked, anything that's processed, no sugar. I'm really sorry, this and that. And it was completely normalized. And I just looked around the table and I'm like, does anyone not think this is okay? Does this seem strange? I understand eating a certain way, you know, if you've got dietaries or allergens, that are severely life-threatening, but on your birthday to not even have oil or to have a meal at a restaurant, that just seems extremely extreme. And that's what I'm talking about. Orthorexia is extreme. And as mentioned, it's not an official eating disorder yet. I definitely think it will be because it causes so much distress. Let's go through the signs of orthorexia. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. These are people who are always checking the labels on food items for their ingredient and nutritional value. They're the people who may say, if you don't know what an ingredient is, don't eat the sauce. Like anyone knows what B 
32 flavoring is and as if everyone is going to read every nutrition label. And whilst I completely promote living a healthy life and eating whole foods, I think it comes at a point and then it comes at a cost. And if you're going to go to that next extreme, you've got to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I reading every single label? Is this adding to my life? Is it subtracting to my life? Is my life going to be greatly impacted by not having the soy sauce that contains um, L39, whatever it may be? The second symptom is a displaying a growing concern for the health of ingredients in a product. So as mentioned above, they check the labels, they look at the health in the labels. Third symptom, they cut out a food group or number of food groups. For example, meat, sugar, dairy, refined ingredients, starch, carbs, gluten, whatever it may be. And what's really interesting is people who often have a preoccupation with healthy eating will often binge on all the opposite things that they're not eating. They will binge on dairy, they'll binge on gluten, they'll binge on L37, whatever it is. So that's an interesting observation. They also show an inability or inflexibility around eating anything but a narrow range of foods that are deemed healthy, pure or unprocessed. So they'll go to extreme lengths. They'll spend extreme money. They will starve through events. And I recently met someone who had these extreme food intolerances. And to me, it sounded like a case of of ARFID, avoidant feeding intake disorder, which is when people's food restrictions are so limited, but not because there's something wrong, but they fear a negative consequence. And this girl was fearful of negative consequences to the point she'd actually given herself allergies. And she went through the whole night not eating anything. And the kitchen made her a specific meal twice that met all her dietary needs. And she was, oh no, it's still probably got this and I don't trust it. And I'm thinking, how, how can you function like this? And this individual used to actually be only raw food and now um, migrated to cooked vegan food, but then still wasn't even willing to eat that and has so many health problems, so many gut issues, and just basically told me they survive on dates and pepitas and was proud of the fact, oh, I just go home and I, I, you know, just get handfuls and handfuls of dates and pepitas and I put the pepitas in the dates and, oh, my gosh, it's like I go crazy over it. And I'm like, girl, you're binging on dates because you're not eating. You are not eating. And it's so sad because people around them will normalize this and enable this and encourage this because the person who's going through this can often articulate it and justify it so well that the people around them don't question it. They're not like, oh, well, I don't really know. You know, eating disorders isn't my expertise area. So who am I to say that you might have a restrictive feeding intake disorder? Back to the symptoms. So after showing an inability to be flexible around anything that's healthy or processed, they have an unusual preoccupation and interest in the health of what others are eating. So they may comment on what other people are eating or, hey, Sarah, did you know that that has this in it? Or, oh my gosh, did you know that bone broth is actually made of this? And they may comment and they may project their beliefs on others and they often can't sit with the fact that other people aren't, you know, being the same way that they are. And these people 
usually find jobs in the health and fitness industry. They become, you know, a body confidence coach or they become a a plant-based eating coach or a paleo meat eating coach. And they will encourage other people to do this because being in a job that pays for them to be this way, again, validates their existence and what they're doing. And then how do you get out of that? If you're known as the the meat eating queen, how do you then get out of that if you want to change that? They also spend a significant amount of time, hours per day, thinking about what food might be served at gatherings or events. They might not even go to gatherings or events because of the distress it may cause. They have a high level and show a high level of distress when safe or healthy foods aren't available. They also obsessively follow food and healthy lifestyle accounts on Instagram and social media platforms. Again, these are some of the signs. They may not be everyone, but they may also promote this online and only buy things that are pure and organic, etc. Just a quick disclaimer, this isn't to discount anyone who does have intolerances and life, you know, problematic conditions that eating a certain food can trigger. Now, orthorexic people may or may not have body image concerns. Some people may, some people may not. But I want to emphasize that some people with orthorexia are just preoccupied with eating clean and healthy, but they don't necessarily have a bad body image or it's not about their body. It's more about the purity and being clean and pure. And what's super interesting is people will often come to me and say, I don't understand why I binge eat or they binge eat on quote unquote healthy foods. And when I ask them, when's the last time you had a pizza, girl? I don't eat that. I've got these intolerances or it just makes me, it makes me feel yuck. I don't need that. I don't like that. You can say this till the cows come home. I don't believe you because I used to do this as well. I'm just not a chip person. I'm just not really a ranch person. By the way, I've never had ranch. I just hear Americans say it all the time. But we actually tell ourselves the things we want to believe. Believe it or not, I just, dark chocolate is always all I eat. And I understand I love dark chocolate too, but we can often convince ourselves that we don't need certain food or want certain food or like certain food because we're never willing to to try it or have it. But the preoccupation with clean eating does lead to binge eating and other eating disorders. Now, the other reason it's not in the DSM-5 or it's not an eating disorder yet is because it needs it needs more research. They're unsure whether it's an isolated disorder. They don't know if it's part of an existing eating disorder such as anorexia or they don't know if it's part of an obsessive compulsive spectrum of disorders such as OCD because the studies which have been done show that orthorexia is highly comorbid with OCD, meaning an individual is likely to have both conditions. Many people can go through phases of being orthorexic. I know definitely I went through a phase where I was trying to eat clean and organic, but it just does not seem normal to me that I would binge eat on peanut butter, but not even have, you know, a square of processed chocolate. How is that healthy? How is that acceptable? Now, often orthorexia can be that disguise for other eating disorders such as anorexia and bulimia as it presents as a more socially acceptable way of maintaining these restrictive eating patterns. Wow. The point of the podcast today was whether 
cafes are increasing orthorexia and I haven't even told you why. So basically what I've noticed in Bali is a lot of the cafes, especially in the area I'm staying in, is very health focused and fitness orientated and that's absolutely fine. But for anyone who's gone through an eating disorder, disordered eating, or they're trying to recover their relationship with food, it's not uncommon that you may be triggered by what you see on the menu when the calories are in your face. So for example, I might be thinking, hey, I'm going to get this chocolate brownie. But if I look down and it's like 420 calories, 20 grams of fat, 6 grams of carbs, and 10 grams of protein, am I going to feel the same way about ordering it? Are you going to feel the same way? Do you think that cafes should list all the nutrient values on the menu? Would this trigger you? And I understand it is up to the individual to make informed choices, but are we taking away from the experience of eating out and ordering food by making people think about the calories they're consuming? Or is this a way to make people more aware? What do you think? I'd love for you to tell me on my latest post on Instagram What did you think about this episode and do you think that cafes should be listing the nutritional qualities? Because it got me thinking and one cafe in particular doesn't have it on the menu, but if you go online, you can find it. And I thought, okay, well, that's an interesting balance, whereas others is in your face. But again, it depends where you go and what you're looking for and what your values are. So for example, where I'm currently exercising is Body Factory. It's very health conscious and the menu has all the nutrient values. And obviously I just order what I feel like, but I think the younger me would have definitely been activated by that and wanting to choose lower calorie options, uh, et So let me know what you think in this episode and whether this should be a thing or a trend. I know in Australia, there's not a lot of cafes that do this, especially in the Gold Coast. The healthy cafes, like we don't want to be about that. We're about healthy food. We don't want to count calories, which I really respect. Whereas there are some health cafes in Melbourne that do do it. But let me know where you're from. If you're from somewhere else in the world or in Australia, let me know if cafes do this. I would love to hear it. You can reach out on Instagram and let me know your thoughts. Thank you so much for being here today for another episode on the What Is Eating You podcast. Let me know if you enjoyed the show. Please leave a rating if you haven't already or a review. I really appreciate it and I'm so grateful for everyone who is listening today. Have the best day and I'll see you in the next episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.